Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday. I forgot for a second there. October the 5th, 2023. It is the 26th Thursday in Ordinary Time. It is also the feast day of St. Faustina and the feast day of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos, a redemptorist priest who died in, I believe, 1867. Our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus appointed 72 other disciples, whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. So we have a lot going on here. Once again, it is a basic reading towards the beginning where Jesus is sending out his disciples. Now he has 72, so it's not just the 12 apostles this time. Uh, there are different readings where he sends out different numbers. What we are told in Catholic theology is that the 12 apostles are the first bishops, but when he sends out 72, and he sends them out in pairs to do their mission, that this is a foreshadowing, a precursor of the first priests, priests who are not at the level of bishop. Anyway, while that is important theologically speaking, it's not necessarily important to the reading because none of them have been ordained yet formally. Jesus has not yet died and risen, but he sends them out to do the work that he's already doing, which by the way is the work of the church. We are to do the things that Jesus did. Sometimes we get caught up in all sorts of other things. We get caught up in our committees and our meetings and our agendas and our mission statements. The mission statement is right here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need anything beyond this. He says, offer peace. We, we pray for people. We, uh, Proclaim the kingdom. And you know what? Jesus, well, it says here to cure the sick in it. So there's preaching and there's prayer and there's curing the sick. I wasn't going to talk about healing today, although this is just a theme coming up more and more that healing and miracles are meant to be the norm. They're not meant to be some weird thing off to the side. It's what Jesus did. It's what he commissions us to do. Jesus does not lie. Jesus would not waste his breath. 
In another reading similar to this one, he tells them also to expel demons. Which, once again, that's a form of healing. That's a supernatural healing, a spiritual healing. So Jesus wants us to be a healing presence in the world, not just to draw attention, but that's the mission. To heal, to preach the kingdom, to draw people to Jesus. And if people welcome us, then we stay and we, we build them up. We form them. We catechize them. We help them to grow in their faith. We give them direction. If they reject it, we shake the dust from our feet. We move on. And of course, this has lots of implications for the day and age that we are living in. I did talk about this recently, about what it means to shake the dust from our feet. Sometimes, well, we all have to learn balance. We all have to learn prudence. Sometimes it's important for us to go to people to pray, to preach. Of course, good example and prayer come before preaching. We don't lead with preaching, although sometimes a lot of people like to do that, and then they wonder why they're ineffective. Ineffective is the word. Uh, but also, yes, sometimes we have to cut things off, or we ourselves might get corrupted, or we just are wasting our time. Sometimes even with people calling themselves Catholic, Christian, maybe even Catholic and Christian leaders, Sometimes even with those, we have to shake the dust from our feet and move on, move on to a place, to a situation where people are faithful. I wanted to focus a little bit. I mean, this is the good news here. The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? I mean, to the people of the time, they might not have fully understood. They were looking for a political kingdom. The kingdom of God, however, Jesus tells us, is within you. So he's coming and he sends the church out to pave the way so that we might receive the Holy Spirit and ultimately receive his body and blood. But in receiving the Holy Spirit, we become other Christs. And in communion as well, you are what you eat. It's very true for our faith. So he wants us to enjoy the peace and the love and the joy and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to enjoy the gifts of the Spirit that make us strong in being healers, in being courageous in preaching the truth in bringing a spirit of reverence and piety to the world, refocusing the world on the creator that made it. So it's a promotion of the kingdom, a proclaiming of the kingdom. But I wanted to focus a little bit here too on the shaking the dust from the feet. He says it will be more tolerable for Sodom than these places that reject the kingdom of God brought in by Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. What happened with Sodom? Well, there were sins of a sexual nature. That's why we call that sin sodomy. So, Jesus is very concerned about sins against the family, sins against sexuality, sins against our personhood, sins against male and female, sins against love and the way he made us to love. He's very concerned about these things. He wants us to live according to the plan that he set out for us. One of the visionaries of Fatima, Sister Lucia, has said that the final battle, and this is revealed to her from the Blessed Mother, the final battle on earth will take place over marriage and the family. So who knows if that's the day and age we're living in right now, where people just want to change their gender all over the place, and sexuality is finding all sorts of expression that are just going further and further away from God's plan. Never mind God's plan for sexuality and marriage. But even just God's plan for um, the innocence of children, the dignity of the person, 
you know, uh, more and more pedophilia and things like this are trying to be normalized. So God's upset about that, but it's even worse when it's a direct rejection of him. To those given more, more is expected. To those given less, less is expected. You know what the largest religion in America is right now? It's uh, lapsed Catholics. And I think the second largest religion in America is lapsed Christians. Lapsed Catholics, fallen away Catholics, the largest religion in America. It's over 80% of people that have been baptized Catholic that don't go to church and don't practice their faith and don't believe the teachings of our faith which is why we have all the issues we have in politics as well. People want to use the word Catholic to describe who they are. And what does it mean, really, other than they root for Notre Dame? Ha, I don't root for Notre Dame, and I'm Catholic. But that's as far as it goes with a lot of our people. They want to wear that Notre Dame hat and say, yeah, Catholic, woo, as they're sloshed drunk rooting for their football team. Ugh. But this is where we are. We've lost focus on the true faith and what it means and living the Ten Commandments. At the very least, getting to church on Sunday. At the very least, not lying and stealing and saving sex for marriage, etc. So, shaking the dust from your feet is something much more definitive than a simple rejection, a simple walking away. It's similar to Jesus saying, you know, those who corrupt children should have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown to the bottom of the ocean. He's not just saying kill them. He's saying uh, make it so that their body isn't even available for a burial, which according to the Jews meant hell. So shaking the dust from your feet means we're done with you. We, we're, we're, we're not open to you anymore. Now, of course, if individuals wanted to continue to come and follow Jesus, you know, as long as we're still breathing, we have a chance at redemption and forgiveness. And that's the message of one of our saints for today, Sister Faustina with the Divine Mercy Diary. But Sister Faustina factors into this sermon today in another way. And that just is Jesus is calling to us right now. If those cities, as Jesus is basically making threats against these cities, saying it would be worse for you than it will be for Sodom, you know, because you rejected the Messiah, well, how much is it going to be for us today that 80, more than 80% of Catholics and Christians have rejected Jesus when they know all about him, when they've learned all about him? It's not unevangelized people we're talking about here. And another way that we are being warned, and this is how God is. This is what God does. He sends someone like Sister Faustina, who is gentle and kind and wonderful and is promoting mercy. The message of our day and age, I don't know, some might say maybe it just needs to be more fire and brimstone. But we know from experience and we know from the Blessed Mother when she appeared to St. Dominic, the preaching and the harsh preaching does not change hearts. What changes hearts is mercy, gentleness, kindness, good example, of course, prayer and fasting. The supernatural remedies are going to work best. But also, what can we do other than pray and fast? We give good example. We try to promote our faith. So one other thing happening in the world right now is we are in the wake. We are in the immediate uh, influence 
of the Divine Mercy devotion. This just became a big feast in our church. The Divine Mercy chaplet is being promoted everywhere. Sister Faustina lived within the last century. Saint Faustina, I should say. She was recently canonized. The Divine Mercy diary can be found in any church, anywhere, any Catholic bookstore. Very easy to find these writings, and they're filled with beautiful sentiments from Jesus himself about how much he loves us, how much he wants to forgive us, how much his cross means, how much we need to focus on the cross. Jesus, uh, well, so many promises given through these devotions that Jesus and Mary have given to the world. And in the Divine Mercy devotion, they ask us to uh, promote the image. I actually have an image on a magnet that's on the back of my car. Uh, he wants people to see the rays coming out of his heart. The blood and the water that flowed from his side are now presented to us as blue, uh, I'm sorry, red and white rays representing his blood and the water that save us, that wash away our sins. The open heart that is still open after his resurrection. The divine mercy image is an image after the resurrection. Jesus is coming out of the tomb and his heart is open. And he's saying, essentially, this is what I did for you. This is what I won for you. And I'm going to give you everything you need for your salvation, as well as for peace, wisdom, courage, everything we need in this life. So the message is a good, strong, positive message. And this, Jesus says, will save the world. Promote my cross, how much I love you. Promote my mercy. So what are we doing here in the world? Rejecting it. We're rejecting his mercy, we're rejecting the sacraments, we're rejecting the word of God. Jesus says it will be worse for those towns than for Sodom and Gomorrah, so who knows how much worse it might even be for us. The time is running out. The kingdom of God is at hand. Anyone listening to this right now, you have a choice. You can accept it or reject it. We're not going to be perfect, but still in our hearts and our intentions, are we going to accept it or reject it? In the world around us, people are working against it. They don't want to hear about Jesus. Social media, schools, other places, you can talk about any obscene thing you want, and it's all good. Talk about Jesus. Mention Jesus. What was I watching the other day? Somebody famous started to talk about their faith in Jesus, and the video cut out. It's happening constantly because the devil more and more owns our media through people that are out and out Satan worshipers. They're, they own the media. They control the message. So what do we need to do? We need to get the message out there as much as we can, but we need to live it. The devil wants us in darkness. He wants us to not know the truth, especially the truth about him, which is why whenever I start talking about, and I want to do a podcast one day where I just give maybe a series of talks on the devil. Um, usually that's what draws the most attention, but also that draws the most attacks. When I'm trying to give somebody even a short little explanation about how the demonic works and how to protect ourselves against evil spirits and all these kinds of things, everything under the sun comes in the way of me giving that message. The technology fails, people, who knows, somebody next to me might just throw up anything. And why are all these people so susceptible to that? Because they're not in grace. So they can be used as the devil's tools. And it's horrifying to me to see how many obstacles there are and therefore how many people are not in grace. They're not protected from the evil one. I think of um, 
a book by C.S. Lewis. I talk about this all the time. C.S. Lewis is a fantastic writer. Um, and one of his books was The Great Divorce, where people that are literally in hell, this is just one of the parts of the book, but it's the part that struck me the most. People are in hell being given a chance to leave hell and go to heaven, and they don't want to do it because they're way too prideful. And they say things like, well, it's not my fault that I'm here anyway. It's her fault. It's his fault. If this had happened different, then I wouldn't be in this place. And they don't even want to leave hell. There's one guy that decides he wants to leave hell and he makes the journey to heaven. And it means a journey of radical transformation. So this is what's required. And yet so many are against it. Um, what is the solution? What is the solution for me and you? Well, you know, we could spend lots and lots of time reading books, and I love to do that. <laughs> I love to study my faith, and yeah, we should be growing in our knowledge of Scripture, in our spiritual reading, and listen, I mean, nowadays you have podcasts, and there's so many great videos, uh, movies, you know, things on the radio, EWTM, and N, and Formed, and I don't know, so many things that are out there, the Hallow app, um, so many ways to learn more about our faith. Father Mike Schmitz and his catechism in a year and the Bible in a year or this podcast, right? There's so many things we can do. We have so much access to things. Scott Hahn and all his Bible studies. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Christopher West and all his writings about moral theology, theology of the body taught by Pope John Paul II. Christopher has such a way of presenting it that's awesome. Just plain old awesome. I love to listen to. So... I think to myself, as I want to wrap this up, uh, the writings of St. Louis de Montfort, you know, even though we can study all these things, St. Louis de Montfort says something so simple, and that is when we have devotion to Mary and we pray the rosary, Mary leads us into truth. So she will help us to find those things that are true, and she will excite our hearts for those things. Just as she formed Jesus as the perfect man while here on earth, since he had emptied himself of his divinity, St. Paul tells us, Mary can also form us to be other Christs, just like those 72 that were sent out. They're the beginning of it, and we're part of it as well. But also, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He is the truth. So we need to do whatever we can to simply follow him, pray to him, confess our sins, be close to him. And he tells us in another place, the truth will set you free. This isn't rocket science. This isn't something that's so far away that we can't find it. Jesus is here for us. He loves you. He's with you, especially when two or more gather in his name, especially when we read his word in scripture. So let us cling to him in prayer. Let us cling to our blessed mother and uh, they will lead us into the ways of truth. We are being offered a great chance. The kingdom of God is at hand. We still have some time. Let's follow that kingdom as best we can, and let's do whatever we can to draw others into the fullness of God's kingdom. I hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.